that your way out. We've done well through this winter and having pretty mild, mild weather. And this morning when you get up, I don't know what your thermometer read, but mine, when Pam and I went for a walk, it said five degrees. And uh, that was a little chilly this morning. So we're glad that you've uh, made your way here and that we can come together and worship together and honor God together. Just a couple of things I want to draw your attention to this morning. Uh, we finished last year, our budget year, and we finished last year on budget and actually about $15,000 ahead of our budget. So I want to say thank you to you as a church body for your willingness to give, your generosity. Uh, that does not include what was part of the building. Uh, that was above and beyond our regular budget. So thank you. Uh, for uh, just saying yes to God in that. And I want to encourage you. Um, we don't say a lot about money here at Mossbrook. Uh, there's a reason for that. We believe that if God is leading us, he's going to lead us as a church. And remember, we're talking that the church is made up of the people, right? It's not a building. It's us as individuals. And if God is leading us in ministry and giving us direction, then he will lead our people in that same direction. And God has been doing that. So can I just encourage you? Would you keep asking God uh, how he wants to use you and the direction that he wants you to go in ministry and the way that he wants you to be involved? And financially, God will continue to bless and he'll continue to meet our needs and he will continue to allow us to do the ministry that he's laid on our hearts. And so would you pray that way with us? We would appreciate that. Also want to let you know if you're a partner with us, there are budgets that will be available. All of that is wrapped up for the year and we, our budget year goes January to December. And so those will be available for you as well coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, so that you can have a copy of that. Um, also with the building, you may be wondering what's going on. Well, it's cold and it's winter. And so things are slow at this point, and we'll be putting a roof on in the next little while and, uh, and be able to keep going with that, and it will be slow and steady over the next couple of months, and, and as God uh, gives us the, the right uh, weather and opportunity, we will keep plugging away at that, and there will be more pictures and more things available for you uh, as we do that, but keep praying. Uh, that God would put that together. Remember, as we've been talking about the mission and the, and the distinctives of the church, the church is not the building. That is simply one way that we're able to do ministry, and God is blessing us with that. The church is the people, and we want to keep ministering to the people even while we're doing some physical building. So would you pray that way? This morning, we will be taking an offering, and we're, if you're a guest with us, we're not asking that you put anything in. Uh, we're simply, it's one of the ways that we worship together. It's one of the ways that we as a body of believers honor God with what he's given us. I am reminded as an individual, as a Christ follower, that everything that I have isn't mine. I did not work hard enough to earn all that I have. God has blessed me with that. And yes, I work hard, but God has blessed me. And so all that I have is his. And so when I give, when I put money in the offering, which Pam and I do on a regular basis, it's, it's a blessing for us to be able to say yes to God. And it reminds me of all that I have belongs to him. And so as we give this morning, let's just place our hearts in that position of saying yes to God and being reminded of who he is and all that he's done for us. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, you are a gracious God. You are incredibly merciful to us. And in this country, you have blessed us 
in ways that we've forgotten about. In our offering, often we look at the church and we think that it can be about money, but that's not what an offering is at all. It's, it's really a sacrifice of our praise to you. It's a reminder as Christ followers of who you are and how gracious you are and how loving you are. And so this morning as we give physically, but then as we give our praise to you, Scripture says that our praise can be a sweet offering, a, a sweet fragrance, a sweet sacrifice to you. And we pray that that would be true. That our hearts would be in such a place that it would please you how we're coming before you this morning. Father, we pray that we as a church would use what is given to build your kingdom to minister to folks, to encourage people's hearts, to allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to be shared and spread. We pray that we would be found faithful in how we use all that you give to us. Now be pleased with our worship. In your name we pray. Amen. Stand up and as we uh, continue to worship. That's the prayer of our heart, that you would continue to use us to build your church. And we pray that we would be in a position where we can be used by you. Satan does such a good job at distracting us as Christ followers from the main thing. And so this morning, that's our desire. Our heart's desire is to be reminded of the main thing, of Jesus Christ, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the mission that you've given us with it. And so help us in the next few moments as we open the word of God that our attention would be drawn to you and that we would see Jesus Christ and we would be reminded anew of the mission that you have for us as a church. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, you can have your seat. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, then you know that we've been talking about the called or the church and some distinctives of the church. We've been talking about the fact that as a church, we've been called to something different, and we've been reminding ourselves of some of the distinctives. One, the first week, Pastor Mike talked to us about theology and doctrine, and that it's about the doctrine or the theology of God, knowing God. That's what theology is, is knowing who God is. And then last week, we talked about fellowship and that God has called us to fellowship with one another and that it's really not an option. If we're Christ followers, then that's part of who we are, is that we engage in fellowship with one another. And we looked at Ecclesiastes and we talked about the fact that being together actually makes us stronger in so many ways and that God has, has asked us to do that. This morning, I want to talk to you about the distinctive of the church, which is the mission I want to talk to you about the fact that God didn't just build his church or put his church together and kind of fling it out there and say, okay, have fun, do whatever you want. Um, I hope it works out for you. That wasn't what he did at all. Uh, he was very clear on his purpose in, in, in making the church and putting the church together. In every aspect of our lives, our work, our family, our hobbies, whether we realize it or not, there are certain objectives that we try to accomplish. Sometimes those objectives are time sensitive 
And we must put a lot of effort into the process of succeeding and reaching those objectives. Sometimes they're pretty laid back and relaxed and we do them just for fun and if we accomplish what we were hoping we accomplished, then great, but if not, I'll do it tomorrow. But without some goals or some objectives, as human beings, we grow stagnant or complacent. And eventually, if there are no goals or objectives in our lives, then we just give up. And we get lazy. And we look at everybody else and we complain about what they're doing. That is also true in the church. There are those who think that the church is somewhere I go once a week. It's somewhere that I go to be fed and to be encouraged by others. And in a small part, that is true. And I mean small part. You see, the point from God's point of view, the point of the church, it's not getting, it's giving. The point of the church is not having my needs met. The point of the church is not about how I feel about myself. Sorry. I know that's our culture. It's not. And in North America especially, we often come to church looking for what others will provide for us and hoping they have what I like and hoping that I leave feeling better about myself in some way and whoo, church was good today. It's not the church. Remember that the church is a community of true believers in Jesus Christ. And this morning we're going to talk about the fact that that true believers in Jesus Christ are on mission for Jesus Christ. And it's not about what I get. It's about what I'm giving. This group of people who make up the church are not just randomly wandering around through life hoping that it gets better. Maybe they are. Maybe some of us are doing that, but we're not supposed to be. We've been sent on a mission. And this morning, I want to remind us as Christ followers that you have been, we have been called to, empowered for, and sent out on a mission. But first... I need you to realize that the mission doesn't start with us. See, that's often our problem. 
okay, I won't include you with me. You can include yourself. That's often my problem. Is my problem, I start with how it affects me and what I like. <laughs> and my problem is often that I want things to be about me. <laughs> and often I think that everything circles around me and I'm the center of it all. Now, maybe you're not there at all, and if so, good for you. You will be, or you were yesterday. See, as Christ followers, we have to realize that it's not about me at all. It's about Christ. It's about God. And so this mission starts with God himself. 1 John Chapter 4, verse 14 says it this way. We have seen and we testify that the Father, you can see it on the screen, has what? The Father has sent the Son to what? As the world's Savior. The mission doesn't start with us at all. It starts with the Father. The mission was that the Father looked at the world that he created. He looked at the human beings that he created and he said, they've been separated from me because of their sin and I love them so much. I created them in my very image and in my likeness and I love them so much that I want to restore them. I want to renew their relationship. I want to reconcile. I want to buy them back. I want to put them in a place where our relationship is one again. It's back to the way it was supposed to be. And so the mission of the Father from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden was that of restoration and reconciliation. It was immediate. That was his, that was his whole goal. That was his mission. And so God's mission for us starts with God himself and he looks ahead in time and he says, I'm going to send one. I'm going to send my son, an equal member of the Godhead. And I'm going to send him and he will be the savior, the one who will right what is broken. And so the mission doesn't start with us. It starts with God himself and his desire to right what was broken, his desire to make you and I be able to be in right relationship with him. It starts with God himself. John 17, 8 puts it this way. It's part of Jesus' prayer. We're jumping into the middle of his prayer, but he says, it won't be on the screen. I just want you to listen to this. Because I have given them the words you gave me, this is Jesus speaking, they have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. Jesus is looking at the Father. He's finishing up his ministry and he says, look, all the people that have been around me, they know that you, God the Father, you sent me for a purpose to these people. You sent me, and all the people who have been with me and listened to me know that I'm not here just, just so I could show up and, and hang out on the earth for a little while. No, they know that you, God the Father, you sent me on a mission for these people. You sent me. 
If you go back into the Old Testament, the prophet himself tells this same story. And Jesus read it to the people. In Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 19, Jesus is, is, is in his ministry. And it says this, that he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And unrolling the scroll, look at this. He found the place where it was written. Catch this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has, here's the word again, sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus stands in front of the people and he grabs the scroll in the synagogue and he says, look, I need you to know something. I'm not here on my own accord. The Father sent me to free you, to save you, to make your life different. I know that you're struggling in sin. I know that you're oppressed. I know that you're weighed down by sin. I know that you need some help. I know that you need a saving hand. And the Father knew that, and so he sent me. The mission that we're on, we're going to talk about it in a minute, originated with the Father, not with us. Jesus states his mission for us. He says this in Luke 19.10. He says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come to prove. He came on a very, very specific mission. And his mission was the redemption of me and of you. Jesus came preaching repentance and salvation, and that was his priority. Oh, he cared for physical needs, but that was only secondary. That wasn't his main, that wasn't his main mission. His main mission was the salvation of mankind. His main mission was saving our souls. His main mission was reaching out and plucking us from hell itself. His mission was making us right with the Father. And folks, as a church, often the church gets this messed up. And our mission becomes about social justice and our mission becomes about giving people food and our mission becomes about all kinds of ex extracurricular things and they're good. It's not that they're bad. It's not that, that people don't need that help. That's not the point. But Jesus, sent by the Father, came on a mission and the mission was salvation. <laughs> it was the salvation of a soul that's eternal. The physical food and the needs that we have today are temporary. The soul is eternal. And God the Father looked ahead in time and he said, their souls need to be redeemed because if not, they will be separated from me for eternity. And I can't have that. And so he sent Jesus on a mission. I think about Jesus and his mission and how caught up we get in the physical 
Dean asked me a question this week. He stopped in the office and he said, uh, do you ever see a place in scripture where Jesus didn't help somebody that was before him, physically helped somebody? And I said, it's everywhere. And he's like, what do you mean? It's everywhere. And I said, every person that Jesus needed, met needed help. Everyone needed to be healed. Why? Because we're all born dying. The moment that you were born, you started to die. Did you know that? I know it's a great thought this morning, but it's true. Because when sin passed upon all men, sin, the result of sin in our life is what? What does the Bible tell us? It's death. And so death passed on all men, for all have sinned. And so every person that Jesus met as he walked on this earth, he could have healed physically because they were all dying. That wasn't his priority. His priority was their soul. And he was sent on a mission from the Father to redeem, to reconcile, to make right the soul of mankind. Now, what's interesting about this is that mission doesn't stop with Jesus. If you keep watching Scripture... Jesus and the Father then sent the Holy Spirit on the same mission. John chapter 15 verse 26 says it this way, When the Counselor comes, the Holy Spirit, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. What Jesus is saying is this, the Spirit is now going to come. I'm going to leave. I finished my work. I went to the cross, I died on the cross, I was buried for three days, I rose again, I defeated hell, I defeated the grave, I defeated death, it's done. My work, if you remember on the cross, he says this, it is finished, it's done. Father, I have done what you said, I've finished my part of the mission. And he says this, now I am going to send the counselor, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to continue that mission. He's going to take the finished work that I did and he's going to reveal that to the hearts of mankind. And the Father and the Son were together in sending the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 verse 26 says this, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus says, look, the mission's not over. I did my part. But the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to engage your mind and your heart and teach you everything you need to know about salvation and reconciliation and redemption. He's going to make you right with God. So what you need to understand this morning at this point is this. The entire Godhead is on a mission. It doesn't start with us. It starts with God. And every member of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is equally engaged in the mission of redeeming you and I and making us right. It's amazing to me. I know it's cold and it's hard to get excited, but if you're a Christ follower this morning, God himself is after you. He cares that much about you. So if God himself, if every member of the Godhead is on this mission, 
then what about us who call ourselves Christ followers? Let me read this passage to you from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says this. But you are a chosen race. Hold it. Stop. If you have come to the place in your life this morning where you understood your need of a Savior, you knew you were a sinner and you couldn't pay the price for your sin. And so you got on your face before God, literally or figuratively, either way, and you said, God, I'm a sinner and I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. And I know what your son, Jesus Christ, did on the cross to pay for my sin, and I accept his payment. And I give up, I yield, I repent. If that's you, then the scripture says you're a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. If that's you, you were called out of darkness, and you just weren't called out of something. You were called to the light. You were called to the redemption that's found in Jesus Christ. You were called to be a new life. You were called to live in the light. And that verse says this, that as a people, you were called to proclaim the praises of God, the one who saved you. Let me ask you a question this morning, believer. Have you forgotten who you are? Have you been living life and you've just come to the point where you've forgotten that you're a chosen people? Have you been living life and life has got you down? It's been difficult. There's been difficult things going on in your life and you've forgotten that you're a holy people? You've forgotten that God has claimed you as his own? Have you forgotten who you are? You're not a needy people? No. You have all that you need in Jesus Christ. He's provided that for you. John 20, 21 and 22, Jesus says it this way. Jesus said to them again, peace to be with you. As the Father has sent me, <laughs> I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and received, they received the Holy Spirit. Jesus looks at these people and he says, you're my chosen people and I was sent by the Father and I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you and the same way that the Father sent me. If you're a believer here this morning, he says, I send you. Now stop here for a minute because this is what happens to us all the time in the church in North America. We look at it and we say, yeah, we have professionals for that. We hire them. We have leaders in our church and they're the ones who are sent. They're the ones who do the work. Oh, there's missionaries and they've gone overseas and those were the ones that were sent. That's not what Jesus says, by the way, in this passage. Jesus looks at all the believers and he says this, as the Father sent me on a mission, I send, I want you to point at yourself. If you're a Christ follower, I'm not pointing at you. I'm going to point at me, all right? You ready for this? I send you, me. Me, I'm sent. You're sent. 
And he says, and I'll give you the Holy Spirit to provide everything that you need in being sent. Second Corinthians that Joe read for us this morning defines that even better for us. Let me read it for you. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. My old way of thinking is gone. See, my old way of thinking before Christ was, it's all about me. Because that's what sin does. Sin makes us selfish. Sin makes my, my heart want me to be pleased with me. Sin makes it so that I want others to see me for me. And this scripture says it this way, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation. They've been changed. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. Therefore, now catch this, we are, what's the word there? You say it with me. We are ambassadors. Are you with me? Let's say this again, ready? We are ambassadors. Two and three, you say it with me too. Ready? We are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because we are a new creation in Christ, because we've been bought with the very blood of Jesus Christ, the price has been paid on our behalf. We have now been sent as ambassadors, not as not as a, not a, I'm not an ambassador of Tim. I am not an ambassador of Mossbrook Church. I am not an ba ambassador, ambassador of anything or anyone but Jesus Christ because he paid the price. Now you need to understand something. The ambassador, that's an old word. We don't use that much anymore. But ambassador is a representative of someone else, and they speak for someone else. They don't speak their own thoughts for someone else. They speak the thoughts of someone else. They, have, they know that person so well, and they know the message so well of that person that when they speak, they're speaking for that person. And if they don't know, guess what they don't do? They don't speak. Ooh, we'd have a hard time with that. If they don't know the answer, they say, I have to go find out and I will tell you what I'm supposed to say. Now, it's interesting here in this passage that God tells us what we're supposed to say. Do you see it? You are an ambassador for Jesus Christ and you are to say, be reconciled to God. Be made right with God. So often in the church we say, be happy. I'm an ambassador. God loves you. That's true, he does. I'm an ambassador. I hope you're full. I hope your belly's full. I'm an ambassador. I hope you have clothes. I'm an ambassador. It's not what he said. He said this, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, you are to cry to people. Be reconciled to God. Be made right to God. Now, all of those physical things may be an avenue for you to tell them that God loves them and that he wants to restore them to a relationship with himself. 
But as an ambassador, your job, your mission, the mission of Jesus Christ that the Father gave the Son, who gave the Spirit, who gave it to us, the mission has never changed. Be made right with God. Be reconciled to God. How do we do that? How do we do that? Acts. Let me read these verses from Acts to you. It says this in Acts 14. After they had preached the gospel, how do they do it? (laughs) They preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news that Jesus saves. How do you help people get reconciled? People can't be reconciled to God if they don't hear the gospel. How are they going to hear the gospel? Well, somebody has to tell them. You say, well, that's what your job is, Tim. You're preaching. Yes, but I don't know everybody you do. I don't live with everybody that you do. I don't hang out with all the people that you hang out with. And as a Christ follower, the mission is for all of us. It's to preach the gospel. It's to tell everyone to be reconciled to God, to know Jesus Christ. So after they preached the gospel in that town, they made many disciples and they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch and strengthened the disciples by encouraging them to continue in faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And when they had anointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to, to the Lord to whom they believed. How do we make disciples? How do we fulfill our mission? Well, we tell the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that we meet. That's what the disciples did. We strengthen the believers. We encourage each other to share our faith. That's fellowship, right? We talked about that last week. We come alongside each other and we say, hey, continue on. We're on a mission. We've been sent. We're a special people. And then they go on in this passage and he says this, and then in the church as a whole, they appointed the elders, those who said yes to the faith, they appointed them and they committed themselves to doing God's work. That's the mission. That's the mission of the church. They committed themselves as believers to continue on screaming with all of their might, be reconciled to God. So I want to stop. I'm done. I want to ask you two questions. Question number one, corporately as a church, are we on mission? Remember, a church is all those who are true believers in Jesus Christ. So we can look at Mossbrook Church, but we can look at the church also in Oxford County, the church in Maine. Are we on mission? Are we fulfilling what Jesus was sent here to do? To reconcile people to himself, to buy them back, to restore their relationship. Now, before you get too far answering that question, See, the only way the church is able to do that is if the members who make up the church are doing it. See, it's not a giant ministry. That's not how it works. It's when we as individuals are fulfilling the mission that God the Father bestowed on the Son gave to the Spirit 
to empower those of us who are new creation in Christ to do. So the question really is, are you and I as Christ followers on mission? You know what? Only you can answer that. Only I can answer that. But God this morning is encouraging us as a church to take up the single mission that he gave us. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be reconciled to God. Be on mission. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to close in a word of prayer. And I want to pray for us that not only would we be reminded of the mission this morning, but that we would challenge our own selves, our own hearts, to say yes to the mission, to say yes to the king who sent us as ambassadors to proclaim his message. Father, would you grant us the courage to accept the mission, the mission of reconciliation. God, some of us in this room are extroverts and it's easy for us to talk and maybe we talk too much. Some of us are introverts and it's really hard for us to say much of anything. But you've promised to give us your Holy Spirit who would empower us to share truth. So we claim that. And for those of us who talk too much, curb our language so people can see Christ in us. For those of us who have a hard time to say anything, give us the words to say so people could see Christ in us. Would you help us to live out Jesus Christ? And by your spirit, would you help us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so that souls, human souls, could be, re be reconciled to you. Help us to stay on mission as a church. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you. Have a great week. Be the church this week.